Is the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It is time to talk some jazz playoff basketball. Out to the zone phone we go. Joining us now, jazz forward, George Niang on The Big Show. George, thank you very much for a few minutes. How's it going? It's it's going well. It's going well. Uh, I can't complain. We're, we're obviously getting prepared uh, for the Clippers and, and real excited uh, about the game being tomorrow. I think after, you know, Wednesday we were kind of – you know, ready for uh, a couple of days off, but I think we're we're uh, anxious to get back out there and, and playing again. George, is it? Uh, this is a weird question, but is it fun playing playoff basketball? It seems like if you're if you love playing the game, it, it it's a riot out there. Oh my God, are you kidding me? We get to play, you know, and I would say close to a, a full arena. Um, you know, just the energy that was brought back into the arena with, you know, them letting the close to, to full capacity has just been unreal. And I think, you know, if you can't get up for, for playoff basketball, I mean, what, what better opportunity, what better, you know, privilege we have to, to play in the playoffs uh, against another team that is predicted, you know, just as good as we are. It's going to be a, a lot of fun, and I know all of us are real excited about it. So tell us what you think about the matchup. Give us a little tale of the tape. What do you see with the Clippers? Uh, you know, obviously, I think it's going to be a great matchup. You know, obviously, they have uh, two superstars uh, over there in, in, in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. But, you know, obviously, we have we have our strengths, and, you know, we've been showing it all year. So we're real excited, you know, to get out there, especially uh, at home with, a, you know, a home court advantage and get out there and make it happen. Obviously, they had uh, a grueling seven-game series, um, you know, and we had a, a couple of days to rest, so we're going to look to to take uh, full advantage of, of that. So, George, I don't want you to give any strategy away, but if you could answer this question, I'm curious, how, what's the best way to beat a switchy defense? <laughs> that's been the that's been the question of the day, huh? Um, you know, I think you really just have to put them in uh, uncomfortable positions. Um, you know, obviously, we're in a switching defense. Guys get comfortable with you know, anticipating screens coming. And, uh, you know, when you just fall right into someone's lap once they're, you know, switching a ball screen, um, it makes life easier for them. So, obviously, we're going to be trying to move them around uh, in, in different positions and, and then, obviously, get into our actions. Um, so, you know, that, that's, that's one way to look at it. But I think this whole year we've uh, had an offense that's tough to guard with the switching defense, and that's our transition uh, transition offense. So if we can get stops and get out and run, um, you know, I, I, li- I like um, I like how we play when we're out running and uh, in transition. You know, uh, you know, following you guys and and your team for years now, it's fun to watch players develop. And I want to ask you about your game because it seems to me you've really made that dribble drive effective and added that to your arsenal. Talk about getting better and improving and adding stuff to your game. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing is, uh, you know, I've said this before, after, you know, what happened to us last year with the bubble and uh, losing 
in the first round in Denver, I think everybody wanted to take a look in the mirror. You know, this team has been together. Well, since I've been here three years, we've kind of had the same core. And I think, you know, at, at some point, you know, we all want to put all that aside and just how can we individually get better to make all of us better. And I think we all did that this off season. And I think so many guys have sacrificed and gotten better and, and improved to help make our team better. I think that showed in the regular season. Obviously, the playoffs are different, and you're, we're going to have to keep bringing that you know killer mentality and look to improve every day um, as we go on on this journey. But I think the biggest thing for us is, you know, we all took time out of our summers to you know understand and realize what each of us could get better at that helps our team as a whole. Whether if that's guys having uh, you know transitioning their role or it's other guys needing a bigger role. Uh, I think we all took a, a look in the mirror, and, and we've done a great job of that so far. George, uh, when you look at the Clippers, I mean, they have that strong bench. You guys, uh, uh, by you guys, I mean your bench has been strong this year. And I find that fascinating because it's not like you're going in and taking 20 shots a game, but the shots you do take, it seems like by my memory and going back through the season, you've taken big shots that have really helped the team. So it's not so much a matter of volume. It's just make the key shot at the right time. Is that the way you view it? Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, you know, I, I think the way the Jazz have, you know, organized this team is, you know, we have multiple weapons. And, you know, when you're open, uh, coach is going to stress for you to shoot the ball. Um, and we have guys that really fit roles that help us win as a team. Um, you look at other teams in the league, and they have individuals that can just put a lot of guys on their back and do things individually. Uh, I think with us, we have guys that are talented enough to do that. But we also have a system that, you know, makes it so you have to guard five different guys. Um, you know, I appreciate you saying me taking – uh, big shots and making big shots, but none of that could be done without Joe creating or Rudy rolling to the rim and, and sinking in the defense or Jordan Clarkson drawing more than one defender um, or, or Mike Conley being able to see in a pick and roll and, and find me. So there's uh, so many uh, different you know ways that we score and we have so many different weapons. Um, so I think all of us are lucky to play alongside of each other because you know, we really make each other look good. And Quinton gets mad when you don't shoot, right? Yeah, I wouldn't want to get caught not shooting and then have to hear what he has to say on the way to the bench. So I would much rather shoot it and, and live with the result. And and, uh, and most of the time it goes in, right? You, you, you can't make shots if you don't shoot them, that's for sure. <laughs> George, it seems like you guys uh, have a fun vibe in the team. You know, a little happy-go-lucky, the the water bottle for the the post-game interviews, and it seems like you and Joe kind of play off each other a little bit. Does that vibe change at all in the playoffs, or do you just kind of st- try to stay true to who you are? I mean, obviously you try to stay true to who you are. Um, I think all of us realize the magnitude, um, you know, of these these playoffs and how much they mean to us and how bad we want to win, but that's not going to make us change who we are. Obviously, guys are going to come in smiling. I don't think you could ever see Jordan Clarkson not come in um, to a day of, of basketball and not be happy. But when it's game time and the ball goes up, we have a you know a, a serious attitude about us that you know we want to win just as just as bad as uh, you know the the team that isn't have a fun vibe um, you know about them. You know we just enjoy it. Uh, a little more. Um, so, but I think going forward, you know, the playoffs, you do turn it on um, a little more, especially with, you know, everything is done at a high level. And, you know, you, you need to be serious uh, for uh, 
things like that. So, but I don't think that changes how how much we enjoy, you know, being around each other. It's still fun for us. So, how do you slow down the combination of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George? Jeez, Gordon, you want me to email you the scouting report? You're asking me some grilling <laughs> questions right now. <laughs> just no, some basic I, stuff. I, I, I'm I'm just kidding. I mean, those guys were were tremendous uh, in their last series, and, and they're really good players. Um, obviously, it's going to be a collective group effort uh, to slow those guys down. And, uh, you know, you guys mentioned, you know, their bench being well. It's not just those guys. They have, a, you know, a full squad that can, can get it done, and I think it's going to take a collective group effort to slow those guys down and then capitalize when those guys aren't clicking on all cylinders. I think uh, um, that's going to be uh, the real task. You know, you can't let those guys linger around. And if they're not playing well, you know, you kind of got to continue to throw haymakers and knockout punches and look to build your lead against them. Hey, Jake, you think that uh, in addition to his shooting, that George should become the Jazz's enforcer if it gets physical out there? <laughs> uh, oh, sure, man. <laughs> They're going to give me a technical foul just for talking about this, guys. I, I, I can't be racking up those bills before the series even starts. Am I remembering right that you got thrown out of a G League game in like 30 seconds? Oh, uh, you know what? I thought we were going to talk about positive stuff with the game going on. But, you know, that that wasn't one of my brightest moments. And uh, I was scolded for that. And I've, I've learned my lesson. You know, it's like when you put your kid in timeout, I got thrown out. That was my timeout. I'd never let it happen again. But the physical side of it, George, obviously the playoffs are more physical. They certainly look more physical. How do you guys sort of adapt to that? Uh, you know, you just got to come in with that killer mentality. You got to come in and think about hit first rather than being hit. I mean, uh, not literally, but, you know, you, you just can't let someone come in and, and out physical you. You know, that that's really – how it is in the playoffs. It's it's a kill or be killed mentality. Uh, you got to go out there, be aggressive, uh, be the aggressor, and impose your will. And uh, we're looking to do that you know, going forward. Last thing for me, George, are you looking forward to playing in front of a full house again? Oh, I'm so excited. Uh, you know, getting back out there with a little taste of it in the Memphis series was amazing. And then I'm hearing that we're going to be able to have a packed house. There's no better place than, you know, uh, home, especially here in Utah, especially when Vivint gets rolling with all its fans in there. It's going to be electric. I'm excited. Um, I think we're all excited, and it's going to be awesome. So I just want to follow up on that with my last question, and it's, it, it's related to that. It's I think that fans love to hear that they actually can have an effect on the team they're rooting for. And, and what you're saying, George, is that you hear it, you feel it, and it actually does have an effect on what happens. Oh, 100%. You know, since I've been my time in the NBA, you know, obviously I may be a little biased playing at Vivint, you know, more than others, but there's no better place. The energy is electric. It's loud. You can you can see other guys miscommunicate, you know, out there because it's so loud. And it's just a, it's a huge advantage for us, you know, especially with how passionate our fans are. You know, we may go on a – uh, a little lull and they're cheering us back we make a three and the house explodes i mean as players you love uh to have the fan support behind you and obviously with covid it was a struggle in the beginning of the year but now that you know the house is going to be packed um, i'm super excited um, for the rest of the playoffs and i lied one last thing george i want you to know that uh 
you know, Joe Ingalls goes on with the morning guys and does that uh, thing he does every week. And I was talking to someone inside the organization. I said, who would be somebody that would be really good to have on? And I got feedback from two or three insiders who said, you're the man. Oh, well, I appreciate that. Does that mean I can take Joe Ingalls' job on the on the morning show? No, we want you he, to— He's up at 6 a.m. in the morning, so mine would have to be a little later. No, no. I'm talking about for our show, the big show, right here, right now. Oh, shoot. Sign sign me up. I'm excited. I'm glad that I'm getting a reference to you guys. Let's make that happen. You you couldn't believe the compliments I was hearing from these people. They were saying, George is enlightened. He's funny. He's entertaining. He's a great guy. All this stuff. And I was going, oh, this this is a match made in heaven. Oh my! Am I? Are they going to invoice me for saying all those nice things about me? <laughs> I don't know, but they did, uh, uh, and I that, didn't. I didn't awesome. prompt it. They were just, you know, saying that you, you're. No, no. This, and I'm serious about this. They said the difference between George and some folks is that George has something to say. I thought that was quite a compliment. Oh, that's that's big time. Whoever that is, tell them I said thank you, and. Uh, yeah, I'd love to get on the show more often, guys. You let me know. Absolutely, George. Well, we appreciate you jumping on the show today. Uh, it's great timing going into this series. So thank you very much for a few minutes. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. There you go. George Niang getting ready for playoff round number two. I love that whole idea that these guys love playing in the playoffs. And no duh, right? I mean, that's what you're a professional basketball player. That's the environment you would want to be in. But – isn't it a lot better to be excited about playing than being anxious? Well, I uh, that's or nervous. That's kind of the reason I asked him about the 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 vibe in the team, right? Does it does it change where all of a sudden you know, like a, I, I think of LeBron going social media dark, like what did he call it, zero dark thirty or whatever, <laughs> you know, where it's like there's a new vibe. This is the second season. It's let me put on my serious hat. You know, do you do that with with your team, or if you're like the Jazz, who kind of have a fun type vibe to their team and he mentioned Jordan Clarkson specifically and I think Jordan does a lot of that where his yeah. his attitude's kind of infectious does it does it change or do you stay kind of what's brought you here do you stay with the kind of loose happy go lucky happy for each other vibe yeah i that look i i've talked to enough people we talked to Justin Zanuck about this the other day remember and i think it's a real thing that jazz you hear that, oh, it's a team that uh, plays together and cares about each other and they like each other. I think that's the truth with this team, which is what's so ironic about the whole thing that happened with Donovan and Rudy. Right. I, I don't know. They I have... patched that up, it seems like, and everything looks good. But it seems like this team really does have that vibe of which you speak. Yeah. And I don't know if, you know, I have no idea if Donovan and Rudy are best friends. You know, I'm not even saying that's right. what they are. But, but they've gotten their relationship to the point where they can fit into a healthy locker room, or so it would seem, yeah. that they want to pull in the right direction. And then I think some of the peripheral guys just – let me put it this way. I think when that rift was happening, I think a lot of the other guys on the team were played a big role in smoothing that out. Okay. Does that make any yeah, sense? Yeah, yeah, I get it. I think, I think Donovan and Rudy probably found some middle ground at the encouragement – of some teammates. <laughs> That's kind of like when we get together here and I say to you, come on, Jake, Austin's not that bad. Just work it. You know, it'll be all right. Just work come through on. it. <laughs>
Find some middle ground. It'll be okay. Come on. Do it for us. Yeah, and, but I do think it uh, seems to be genuine with the Jazz. I don't think that's just manufactured. Um, and anytime you work with somebody and you care about the result, there are going to be times when you maybe ruffle a few feathers. I but... way overreacted there. I'm sorry. <laughs> exactly. So, so I, I think it's authentic. And uh, if it's not, that would become known, too, I think. All right, we'll have uh, more coming up right around the corner. Big thanks to George Niang for jumping on with us. That was a lot of fun. We'll get that up in podcast form coming up very shortly. Of course, uh, wherever you get your podcast, search out The Big Show. Throw us a subscribe. Get it, get that, get The Big Show automatically. Say, yeah. we'll say hello to all our podcast listeners out there. Indeed. All right, more Big Show coming up straight ahead. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, Donovan! This is your Jazz at 30 update. Ring the 30-point bell. Utah Jazz getting set to take on the L.A. Clippers. Round number two, game one tomorrow night here at Vivint Arena. Donovan Mitchell talks about playing defense against the Clips. Defensively, you know, they can score many different ways. You know, at the end of the day, it comes down to the, the, those two and Paul George and Kawhi. But understanding that Reggie can get going, Marcus can get going, Batum, everybody. You know, so for us, it's like, okay, you know, how do we stay locked in and stay solid? And we did a good job of that against Memphis, you know, um, outside of really game one. But now it's, you know, at an even higher level. And understanding it's not going to be just for a quarter, two quarters. You know, there's certain things we got away with in the first series that we won't be able to get away with this series defensively. So understanding that we got to be on point every minute of the game, every minute of the series. Two injuries reported uh, moments ago that uh, Mike Conley is listed as questionable ahead of tomorrow night's game. Serge Ibaka officially listed as doubtful. However, reports are out there that he did not make the trip to Salt Lake City. Game one tomorrow night, Vivint Arena. Tip-off is at 8 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 7. This uh, update brought to you by our friends at Mountain Land Supply. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Big O' Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O' Tires. The team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. So how do you slow down the combination of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George? Jeez, Gordon, you want me to email you the scouting report? You're asking me some grilling <laughs> questions right now. Just no, I'm, basic I, I, stuff. I, I'm, I'm just kidding. I mean, those guys were were tremendous uh, in their last series, and, and they're really good players. Um, obviously, it's going to be a collective group effort uh, to slow those guys down. And, uh, you know, you guys mentioned, you know, their bench being well. It's not just those guys. They have, a, you know, a full squad that – can can get it done and I think it's going to take a collective group effort to slow those guys down and then capitalize when those guys aren't clicking on all cylinders I think uh, um, that's going to be uh, the real task you know you can't let those guys linger around and if they're not playing well you know you kind of got to continue to throw haymakers and knockout punches and look to build your lead against them that was George Niang. Big thanks to George for joining us in the last segment. Awesome to catch up with Jazz Forward. I think he's right about that, the group effort. I, I think that's going to be a thing defensively. For one, I think they Rudy, have to. Well, Rudy being a part of that group effort is, is a big deal, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, with Rudy behind the team, literally behind the team, 
patrolling the rim, I think it allows players to to play Kawhi and Paul George more aggressively. So what you do is you you do everything you can if it's your primary assignment to defend somebody, but if they the Jazz, although I think Royce O'Neal has done a pretty a kind of a decent job on Kawhi in some matchups that the the two teams have had, but he's he's so good that he's going to have to get help. Well, that's the thing, though, that Rudy brings to you is, you, you, who did we, oh, it was Mike Conley we heard talking about one of the adjustments that he had to make defensively when he joined the Jazz was not overhelping because Rudy is so good. You don't need to. You can stay home. It's those little things that I think are really important when it comes to the Clippers. Like you can spend, Royce can spend the whole game in Kawhi's pocket, and if he gets beat, it's not as big a deal, right? He doesn't have to gap somebody because it's either a dunk or you're giving up, you, you know, room. You know what I mean? Like, you can get up in Kawhi Leonard's business, play him physically, and if you get beat, it's okay because the big fellow's behind you. I think it's it's a big deal because it, it frees the way you can play Kawhi Leonard. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. So do you think the Clippers then will draw Rudy away from the basket? They'll try. I mean, way far? <laughs> I mean, that's honestly, that's why this Serge Ibaka injury news is, is a big deal because he would be effective right. with doing that. Uh-huh. And – is has a lot more size than Nicholas Batum, right? right? So Batum can do the same thing, but Rudy is going to overmatch him in a variety of different ways. Or he should, anyway. Well, they, obviously the Jazz want to do everything they can to keep Rudy close to the basket so he can do exactly what you were talking about. I really hope, for the Jazz's sake, I shouldn't say I really hope, I bet the Jazz hope, that they don't have to match the small ball with small ball. They don't want to do that. If the Clippers have a small lineup and it's beating up the Jazz and they feel like they need to match that small ball lineup, that's bad. So who is Rudy? Is, is Batum the guy he, they're gonna, he's going to be assigned to? I don't know. I, I wonder if Zubats has more of a, a spot in this series. But I, yeah, I mean, whoever. Other, I didn't assume. I sort of assumed that it would be one or the other. Well, Zubats only played three minutes in Game 7. I mean, he, he took a really limited yeah. role against yeah. the Mavs and they went with the small ball. And I don't. I, I think the winner of this series is the one that isn't going to have to adjust to the other team. The other team's going to have to adjust yeah. to them. So that gets back to what we were talking about when we started the show, Jake. Rudy Gobert punished these guys for if they do go small. Right. As opposed and to adjusting. Get, yeah, yeah, keep the ball high and just throw it down on these yeah. folks. Don't, uh, don't sit there and fiddle-faddle around, bring the ball down low where it can be taken away from you. I, 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 how, how Quinn Snyder is going to orchestrate this whole thing is, is really interesting to me because we've seen that where, where Quinn has designed things for Rudy to take advantage of certain advantageous matchups. So we'll see if that, how that works. Gordon, we have some NBA, uh, some NBA breaking news coming out just seconds ago from Shams Sharania, uh, who tweets out, 2020-21 NBA Coach of the Year, New York Knicks head coach Tom Thibodeau. Oh, see, that's no surprise. No, but that's – I don't like how the Coach of the Year goes to the overachiever. Of right. The year. Unless it's Steve Kerr that one year when the Warriors were so extraordinary. That's the – I mean, how many front-runner coaches have won that award besides Steve? Usually it just goes to the overachieving coach of the year, which I, I, don't, I don't know if that's necessarily the best coaching job. Especially if it's in a bigger market. Like and New it doesn't York. Get and the Knicks bigger. make the playoffs for the Indeed. first time in however oh, many wow, years. Oh, yeah. wow, what a job. Right. I, I think uh, uh, Monty Williams and Quinn Snyder both deserved it. I, I, I would, I would agree with that. And here's the thing. I mean, Tom Thibodeau or 
or Quinn Snyder? If you were going to hire a coach to coach your team, which one of those two guys would you rather have? Well, let me think about this. Dude. <laughs> I'd probably take the guy that's going to ground out the grind out the players <laughs> and and take years off the end of their career. I'm going with that coach. I hope, and I would assume that Quinn knows this. He he knows it's a political game, and I mean. All those years, Jerry Sloan, he 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 said it didn't bother him, whatever. But still, your heart of hearts, you had to believe that Jerry felt like, man, I'm doing a great job here. How about a little throw me a little reward every once in a while? Quinn finished what second a couple of years ago, right? Uh, did he finish second? I thought he was second. The year that they went up against OKC in the in the first round, Donovan's rookie year. I thought he should so. have won it that year too. Yeah. Uh, Quinn's just a terrific coach, and and this the fact that he doesn't win this award, he has to know that uh, <laughs> NBD man. No uh, big deal. Our guy Chris Mannix just tweeted this out. His ballot, he had Tibbs, Quinn Snyder, then Monty Williams. Yeah. Now we get to play my favorite game, though. Over under two and a half seasons before Tom Thibodeau was fired. Because that always happens, right? The coach of the year gets yeah. fired shortly there. There, was a, there was a run there for a while where that, where yeah. that happened. Well, Doc Rivers got fired in Utah the year after he won it with the Magic. That's right. <laughs> in fact, hasn't Tom Thibodeau before been a victim of that? Hasn't Didn't he win coach of the year and then get fired? Did he Maybe win? I'm wrong Did about he win that, coach of the year with know. the Bulls? He didn't with Minnesota. Did, no, you know, not Minnesota. No. But anyway. So he's, he's, he's hot now, but wait till his players are playing 47 minutes a game. <laughs> See, I, I wonder what uh, exactly like like Tom's the type of coach that will go in and and button up the like the loose stuff, you know, the mistakes and that, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then play his players unbelievable amounts of minutes because, you know, your team's better with the best players on the floor. What a surprise. And then his teams go from bad to good. Not too bad. <laughs> I don't, no, I just, I agree with something you've said for years, Gordon. It's it's harder to go from good to great than it is bad to good. Yeah, you can you can look at uh, I don't I don't know why this example is coming to mind, but look at Bronco Mendenhall who goes to UVA. He's probably not record, recruiting any better players than his predecessors, but Bronco's kind of the disciplinarian, run a tight ship. It's the little things, you know, and he, he's gotten UVA from a laughing stock to a good program. But I don't see UVA going to a playoff anytime soon because that's a much harder leap to make. Yeah, playoff, no way. <laughs> but is it? You, you get what I'm saying? Like Bronco, yeah. Bronco, like Thibodeau was that kind of coach who's who's going to go in. He's going to demand a lot of his players. He's going to get them to overachieve and play better than they are. But it's not. He's not going to be creating a dynasty in the league anytime soon. Jake, you and I talked about this before. Think about what Quinn has done this year. He's taken a team that was picked to finish like what fifth in the West, and made them th- had the best record in the league with virtually the same players and crushing teams. Yes, and going and on the, historic. They had runs. the biggest margin of victory of any team in the league. Yeah, right. And and he had he did it with the same players. So what does that tell you? It tells you your head coach is either doing it himself or overseeing the development of players where they're getting better. And when you think about the adversity the Jazz had this past year, think about what Quinn Snyder accomplished with the Utah Jazz. I mean, it is the fact that that's not recognized by the voters is pretty—it's a curious thing uh, because he—it it is. He he made a good team great. 
And that that is, even if you're talking about the Knicks, <laughs> which is some heavy lifting, uh, Quinn's accomplishment exceeded what Thibodeau did in New York, in my opinion. How about this? Interesting. Uh, the, the point total breakdowns are out. Um, so Tom Thibodeau had a total of 351 points, but he did not get the most first-place votes. So how they accumulate the points, or tabulate, what's the right word? Five, uh, three, and one. Isn't five, it? three, and one, right. Five points for a first-place vote, three for a second, one for a third. So Thibodeau had 43 first-place votes, 42 second-place votes, and 10 third-place votes for a total of 351 points. Monty Williams was second. Mm. He had more first-place votes, 45, but fewer second, 32, and more third, 19, for a total of 340 votes. Quinn Snyder, 10 first-place votes. Mm. 23 second-place votes, 42 third-place votes, 161 total points. But you, you want to hear some of the others getting uh, getting votes? Sure. This is, I mean, they're nowhere near winning, but Doc Rivers got two first-place votes, two second-place votes, and eight third-place votes for a total of 24. Doc has a history of replacing underachieving coaches and <laughs> achieving the exact same amount and somehow so, so gets, who, gets more credit. So who is making those votes? Hold on, because you're going to be bothered. Uh, Nate McMillan got 12 third-place votes. I think that's actually, yeah. uh, you, you know, I mm-hmm. could see that. Uh, didn't get any first- or second-place votes. But this one, Steve Nash got one second-place vote and four third-place votes. Come on, a, a guy is handed that squad? I like Steve Nash. I'm not asking your personal opinion <laughs> on the man. Do you think he deserved Coach of the Year? Uh, I might have been uh, like uh, herding cat- cats a little bit. Stop it. <laughs> You're Mr. Put Your Personal Feelings Aside. Do you think Steve Nash deserved consideration for Coach of the Year? Uh, not on my ballot, no. Uh, and then Michael Malone got five third-place votes. Yeah. So anyway, there's the voting breakdown. You were saying. I just wanted to get to that. Steve Nash. <laughs> just somebody like uh, gets swayed by the marquee. Well, I, I mean, look, uh, maybe I am a little biased because we watch Quinn all the time. And I have, uh, I, I, let me say it this way. I greatly respect his basketball knowledge, his ability to motivate, his ability to communicate and his ability to get his players to do things that are different than what they might have thought they should do. And somehow he's able to do that at a manner where his team had the best record in the league. I mean, how does that not win Coach of the Year with the, with essentially the same personnel? And you can't go with the, the, standby, or the standby argument that always went against Jerry Sloan, where it was, well, you've got Stockton yeah, and Malone. Yeah, you got the you two know? Hall of Famers. And, and Rudy or Donovan are great, but neither one of them is considered a top-ten player. Well, who's, who's, what, who's the one that's putting the Jazz players in a position, one, where they improve, two, where a guy like Jordan Clarkson wins six-man of the year, and Rudy Gobert is going to win defense player that might be a little more of a stretch because Rudy just – but someone helped develop this guy. Well, and they have a team concept where it's not roll the ball out and say, hey, uh, hey, Kyrie, go do your thing, you know? And then no. when Kyrie scores 30, he goes, I told him to do well, that. Well, I hate to even sound like a homer, and if that's what I'm sounding like right now, I apologize. But I, I just think Quinn Snyder this year did a better job coaching than anybody else in the league. And maybe Monty was second. But – 
the fact that Tom Thibodeau went, all that does is reinforce in my mind, and, and this bothers me because the media participated in this vote. It seems like they should be objective enough to see it for what it really is. And what Tom, did Tom Thibodeau do the best coaching job of anyone in the league this year? Not better than Quinn Snyder. I'm offended way more by your Steve Nash honk opinion than I am about your Quinn Snyder <laughs> honk opinion. I do like Steve, but uh, it's I mean, clouding your judgment probably. in this case, just mm-hmm. like it clouded how many d- d- five voters' judgment. Oh, I just love Steve. What am I? Who am I now? Am I what? Am I Darth Vader now? My judgment's been clouded. Apparently. Don't see how Steve Nash got any votes for Coach of the Year. <laughs> well, I <laughs> okay. I'm not going to argue your point. There are better things to argue. How many? How many qualified coaches who have worked their way up the ranks sat there and went, "Oh, Steve Nash skips to the front <laughs> of the line, huh?" And he's handed that team. Wow. Yeah, but he was a coach on the floor for a while. Yeah. Not the same. Yeah, probably not. And when your own players are going, well, actually, there's kind of three, four head coaches on the team. When your own players are saying that. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, uh, I guess I guess we could squawk a little more, but I really don't think Quinn could give a flying, you know what? Uh, I just he's he's about making his team as good as it can be and and, and winning and improving as he talks about a lot. When I get the carpets and tile cleaned, it's never just clean. It's zero res clean, and I won't have it any other way. Just $33 per room clean. You deserve the best. You deserve zero res. Scheduled with zero res today. More Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 of the Zone. It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you for making us you part know, of your day. You know what I think the key to the entire series against the Clippers is? What's that? How many turnovers will Bogdanovich suffer? Don't you know, hold your breath. You have a one-track mind. You know I that. Do not. And I don't know what I don't Come know what Bogdanovich on. did to you personally. Nothing. Did he? Did he like get you caught up in some scam or something? <laughs> did he get you involved in a Ponzi no. scheme or, no. or something like that? It's like just just do what he you, got you selling Tahitian noni juice, didn't he? <laughs> do what you're good at. Shoot the open shot and drain it. You know, and occasionally drive, but don't get all fiddle faddly with the ball because that's when someone comes up and just swipes it away from you. Fiddle faddly. You know, I I swear, if the the, the Jazz could lose by 50, but if they shot over 50% from the field and had few turnovers, Gordon would come in and be like, you know, it was a decent game. They lost by 50, but they didn't turn the ball over. No, it's more the other way around. They win by 30, but they have too many turnovers, and I would point that out. Which, which... It doesn't matter that they had that many turnovers. You realize that, right? I know. Yes, I know that. But you never know when you might have a situation where that turnover is just going to punch you right in the Don't hold your breath. I know, but see, when you go with the you never know, (laughs) it's really a a reason for anything, right? (laughs) 
<laughs> like, what are you talking about? I mean, about? that's like an, it's like an inarguable thing. Like, oh, well, I uh, know they won by 30 and had 20 turnovers, <laughs> but you never know. It's like, a, it's like a way to criticize when it's not reality. <laughs> No. You never, you never know when that's going to affect him in a different game. No, but see, yeah, but yeah, I'm a forward thinker. I'm not. I don't just look at what just took place and then be a literal interpreter of that. I think, okay, that was the Jazz won by seven. But if there are four turnovers, five turnovers, six turnovers by one individual, I think, okay, then then don't do that. But see, that's moving not... forward, because if you keep doing that, it's going to bite your team right in the rear end. But and who see, wants to get bitten in the rear end? But see, that's that's not a way of looking forward. That's a way of pulling a negative out of a positive. <laughs> and by the way, when it doesn't happen in the crucial moments, I don't hear you coming back and saying, well, I thought that that could really cost them, and it didn't. Like Rudy's free throws. <laughs> Rudy Rudy makes clutch free throws in the Memphis series. In I fact, said that. Seals a game. Are you, you kidding me? I said that. Seven to nine from the floor? That's what I'm talking about. That's what the expectation is for that young it's man. It's a good opportunity, a, g- a good opponent for the Jazz to face for Boyan to get off the schneid. But uh, <laughs> don't hold your breath. <laughs> See? It's a way to it's the way to pull wow. a negative wow. out of a positive. No, no, I like Bogdanovich. I I love I love the the shooting motion and uh, I do I do. But uh, there are a couple things that would be good for him to smooth through. See, Bogdanovich is a fine player who averages pert near twenty points per game <laughs> without per, blinking. Pert near. <laughs> But it's 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 the way I, I tell you okay, this all the Jake. time. It's, Pass it's, me some hayseed over there. It's it's a way for like if I were to hand you a hundred dollar bill, you'd look at me like, well, oh, it's a little crinkled. <laughs> I mean, it's a hundred dollar. Don't you have five twenties? Jeez, how am I supposed to break not. this hundred? Are you kidding me, man? See, I would think you gave me a hundred bucks. First of all, that would never happen. But if you did. I would say, wow, Jake. Jordan wouldn't bend what, down what, for $100. What a, what a beautiful gesture. Thank no, you. You would say, boy, this is out of character. <laughs> so instead of. I only have one Porsche. <laughs> like you just took a shot at me right there. <laughs> Can you add a handy $100? Wow, geez. What, 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 this what are is, you up to? This is not like you. What, why are we talking like this all of a sudden? <laughs> <laughs> What are you, you're spitting into the spittoon over there. I just, it, it just never. Are we seems... in the saloon? Oh, I, I say, I say, boy. <laughs> it's just your way. It's just your way. It's okay. You no. just, you manage see, to find the no, negative in no, any positive. No, it's true. See, see, the reason this hits home with me a little bit is it, it may or may may not have come from my wife on an occasion, and I always say, no, no, it's not a matter of being optimistic or or negative. It's or pessimistic. It's it's a matter of being real. No, it's not. <laughs> because the turnovers didn't really cost them. They really won by thirty. So it's not a way of being but again, real. I'm a forward thinker. Forward, uh, looking ahead, I think okay, those those critical turnovers could really hurt you. But also in the future, especially. When I'm holding you to a certain standard of being a potential cont- a contender for an NBA title, but you realize that that's not real. 
That's what that's hey, what no, could happen. The, no, the expectation that's not real. is real. But you're saying you're 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 saying I'm a realist. I'm not a negative person. But then you follow up with an example of something that is totally fabricated because it has not happened it's not and is in Look, fact not real. Ma- maybe some of my background as a coach is coming through here a little bit, you know. But I I I, I circle that which I see as being an area that needs to be improved upon. And then you move forward. Even though it didn't matter. Well, I, in that in that specific instant, maybe it didn't matter. But, but again, but that's reality, forward. and that's something that could <laughs> I happen. Know, but that's something you want to prevent moving forward. That's why you draw attention to it. And I could spontaneously <laughs> combust on my way to the car, but in reality, I'm sitting right here in this chair. You understand the difference? <laughs> Yeah, but if you make it to the car today, Jake, it could happen tomorrow. I could be struck dead by lightning, even though it's sunny outside just on my way watch, to the car. Just watch out for those statues because they're scary. <laughs> they All be, right. They might get you. It's time. Let's get to it. It's 20 seconds of baseball with the one and only Austin Horton. I want I want some real negative with the positive here, Austin. <laughs> no, if no you just could, be real. If you could talk about what could bad happen in the future, that'd be great. And now it's time for 20 Seconds of Baseball with the big show's Austin Horton right here on the Zone Sports Network. Well, the Bees had yesterday's game postponed because of rain. They are going to try and play again tonight, but you never know what could happen. Ole Miss basted Southern Missouri to advance to play Arizona where they'll probably lose. You never know. The women's side of things, Giselle Juarez struck out 11 as Oklahoma moved on. It could have been 12. And in the majors, Tony La Russa is second all-time with wins. All right. all right, now that was a total setup. I totally on the fly. Was it pretty yep. good? Dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she only struck out eleven. <laughs> uh, uh, by the way, sorry, I got a little distracted there. Uh, by the way, let's see here. Uh, Twenty seconds of baseball brought to you by our friends at Peach Building Products. Uh, they've been providing superior quality windows, doors, and customer service. To the Wasatch Front, call them today, 801-566-1255, for all of your window all right, and door now, needs. Now I officially hate your guts. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely hate Why? your guts. What did I do? My wife just texted me and said, right on, Jake. I know. I was included on that. Lisa's best name for me yeah. is Bowler. And I responded, so I. <laughs> I responded, LOL, as the kids say these days. And then I said, I love it when we're on the same team. You responded to that? Yes, I did. I must have gotten it late. That's what I was distracted with. Oh. Shout out. Love, to you. The great, Love you, dear. Yes, yeah, shout out to the great Lisa Monson, one of the, the great people. It was fun seeing her, uh, uh, the Monson, actually kind of the Monson crew uh, before a playoff game. Yeah. Last week, a couple of weeks ago. It was great. Uh, yeah, shout out to Lisa. You're, you're a lucky guy, I tell you I what. I know, I really am. I really am. A negative guy like yourself, you really, you should be living alone. Don't hold your breath. Oh, it's just not true. You're the one that wants more alone time. I do. Badly. I'm not going to say anything negative about my wife. No, you shouldn't. There, That's a nothing, good move. There's nothing negative to say. There really isn't? Well, there might be one thing, but I don't want to get into it right now. Wait, hold the phone. It was just, you know, she likes too much salt. <laughs> 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 Again, pulling a negative no, out of I'm a positive. Kidding. It was a joke. <laughs> All right. Love you, dear. Stay tuned. More next 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
wrap it up a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordo, coming up tomorrow, well, it'll be a game day on the station. Sure will. Round two, here it goes. And uh, the, the game's going to come fast and furious every other day from here on out through this series. And I'm really looking forward to it, Jake. I think this will be a competitive series. And I think it'll be a, a team-defining series. And I, and I believe that the winner of this series will go to the NBA Finals. Not that that's a big stretch. I get it. Here's what I'm really hoping for, particularly with these 8 o'clock starts on Tuesday and Thursday. I hope the refs let them play. Don't call one foul. That's what I'm looking for. Well, just because you want it to end quick? Let's keep, the, let's keep it moving. <laughs> well, that, that's, that's problematic for a team that relies on finesse shooting. Because uh, if they're getting bumped around and missing shots, you want those calls called. Right, but you know whose problem that's not? <laughs> Yours! It's not mine. Man. Jake's there. Okay, now look, I got, a, I, got a, I, got a, I got a newborn at home. Uh, need to get, get me out of here. I'm thinking of Austin, too, in playoff overtime. You know, he's here taking calls until the wee hours of the morning. Uh, I am... I am just joking. But there was a game. Was it the – which game did John Morant shoot 20 free throws? Was that game two? Yeah. That was a three-hour NBA yeah, game. Yeah, that was long. The first <laughs> quarter was almost an hour. I don't know if I've ever seen an NBA game that long. 12 minutes should not take 60 minutes. No, you're right. I, well, it was 42, but still. So I'm I'm hoping for uh, prison rules. I'm hoping for <laughs> – You and Ben Simmons both. Yeah, I'm just, uh, just swallow the whistle. No blood, no foul. Let's let's go with that. <laughs> you know whose problem that's not? Jake. Nice. Now, Saturday's game, if they want to ref it a little more closely, that's fine. A 6.30 start there. We got no, little... but you can't ebb and flow like that. you got to keep it consistent. And what, what planet are you on that you think a playoff <laughs> series is going to be refereed consistently? <laughs> yeah. It, to quote a good friend of mine, don't hold your breath. <laughs> what moron would ever say? Don't that. hold your breath. Look, no, nobody ever called you a moron. Stop that. I just called myself a moron. It's called self-deprecation. I know. I know. Uh, uh, you know what? I used that word today, and I used it wrong. This is totally. It's funny you say. Did you that. say depreciation? Uh, deprivation is oh, what I said. That's, that's <laughs> I was, a little different. I was trying to say self-deprecation <laughs> to my wife, and I said self-deprivation, and she immediately corrected me. Yeah, she should. A little bit different there. Well, I, I do. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm trying to think of self-deprivation. Hmm. What would that include? <laughs> I don't know. I don't what know. do you deprive yourself of, Gordon? Uh, pockets. Yeah. That's. But that's not depriving. That's just having like more expensive taste. But lest we get Chester involved here, let's go with that. No, I deprive myself of many things that I I could hog for myself that I share with others. Like hog, I like everything I do. Almost. What? Like you? you you're. I'm a team guy. You know that. I always have been. In fact, you allow the team to do so many things, like. <laughs> Yard work and housework and cooking. Stop it now. <laughs> All right, Gordon, you enjoy your evening, buddy. I'll yeah. catch you tomorrow. Yeah, we will for uh, game one. Can't uh, can't wait. It's a big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.